Grace and peace be yours in abundance through the knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord. Our text for our sermon is John chapter 11 verses 17 through 27 and 38 through 45. To remind you of that account, I will read verse 25. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me will live even if he dies. This is the gospel of our Lord. Brothers and sisters in Christ, I have to admit to you, this text has always made me scratch my head because Martha gives such a strong confession of faith. I know you're the Christ. I know you're the resurrection life. I believe this. But Jesus keeps coming at her, not in a bad way, but it's like he's trying to explain something she doesn't understand. And even though she has a strong confession here, it's because Jesus is trying to explain something to her that she doesn't understand. And we can miss it if we go over it too quick. So we'll go over that in today's sermon and we'll see, we'll grow beyond a basic understanding that Jesus is the resurrection and the life. Now, this wasn't the days of cell phones where you could zip a text off to somebody and say, where are you? And, oh, you're there. Well, get up here. Lazarus is dying. This is a family that supports Jesus's ministry, and he's especially seems to have a close friendship with them. And the sisters send out a messenger to find Jesus. They may know the region, but they don't know the exact place. Find Jesus. Tell him Lazarus is dying. He needs to get up here because they know Jesus is the great physician of the body and the soul. And it appears that by the time the messenger actually finds Jesus, Lazarus is dead. It would have taken a little bit of time for him just to get to Jesus and find him. Apparently, if he went a straight path, about two days. So Jesus tells his disciples, who he's been sending out to do evangelism, we're going to Bethany, and his disciples, they're concerned. Thomas himself brings up the fact that the Sanhedrin's plotting to kill Jesus. So we're a month away from Jesus' crucifixion. And Thomas, the one who later will doubt the resurrection, in strong faith says, eh, let's go to Jerusalem with him and die. So they head off to Bethany, which is two miles from Jerusalem. And that's where our text begins. Eventually, when Jesus came, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Now, Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles away. And so many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary in order to speak words of comfort to them concerning their brother. Now, we can miss this. It's a little subtle, but it says, so when Martha heard Jesus is coming, apparently Jesus sent a messenger directly to Martha. The messenger might not have shared the news with Mary because Martha charges out to meet Jesus while Mary stays behind. So later, Martha finds Jesus. He's coming towards Bethany and she says to him, Lord, if you were already here, then my brother would not have died. And she's not complaining to the Lord, but kind of an ah shucks. You know, if the messenger had got to you before my brother died and you could have been here, he'd be alive. Now, Martha's actually about to ask something, but she's not bold enough to be direct. So let's take that again. Lord, if you were already here, then my brother would not have died. But even now I have perceived that whatever you may request from God, he will give you. Do you get what she's actually asking Jesus? She's kind of beating around the bush. She's not bold enough to say it, but what she's saying is, please pray to God the Father. I know that whatever you ask God the Father, he'll do. So she is actually asking Jesus to pray to God to raise her dead brother. That's the first misunderstanding. She didn't have to beat around the bush, brothers and sisters in Christ, and neither do you. Take your problems to the Lord. Let him solve them. Take them boldly. 
But the second, and this is the bigger one, and we can subtly miss it. It begins with the word she uses for prayer, and it doesn't translate into English at all. See, Greek is a very precise language, and the word she uses for prayer is of a lesser person asking somebody in a position above them, a subordinate asking the person who has authority. So when somebody's begging from you because they don't have any money, you have the money, you have the power. Now, Jesus, as we confess in the Athanasian Creed, is subordinate to the Father as to his humanity, but equal to the Father as to his deity. So here's the big mistake she's making. Jesus doesn't have to ask God to raise Lazarus from the dead. Jesus himself is God, and all he has to say is, Lazarus, come out, or Lazarus, be alive, and he'll be alive. He doesn't even have to go to the tomb. So Martha's misunderstanding here is seeing him as what we correct in the Nicene Creed. 300 AD, a heretic named Athanasius taught that Jesus was God who was created. He was a man who was created by the Father, created to be God. But Jesus is true God who became true man. And that means he's God in all eternity. Now the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit never act against each other. They're one God in three persons. But Jesus has all the power and authority of God because he is God. He doesn't have to ask the Father. So he begins to correct her misunderstanding. He says, your brother will rise up. You're beating around the bush and you're not asking me directly, but I'm going to tell you your brother will rise up. Period. Boom. How more blunt can you be? But she misses it. She's beat around the bush and and she can't be so bold. She confesses and it's a good confession of faith, but she just missed. Jesus tells her, your brother's going to rise up. So she says, I have perceived that he will rise up in the resurrection on the last day. Now, she would have heard Ezekiel connecting those dry bones through the word of the Lord. And that's the difference. Jesus is the word of the Lord. Ezekiel did it with somebody else's power. Jesus does it of his own power. So she knows that there's going to be a time when the Messiah returns and there'll be a great resurrection. Yes, Lord, I know he'll rise, but I'm hoping you'll rise him now. I just told you I'm going to rise him. So Jesus said to Martha, I myself am the resurrection and the life. He who keeps on putting his confidence in me even if he would die, will most certainly live. So we got to get to a few things here. You're forgetting, Jesus is telling her, I am God. And because I am God, I am the resurrection and I am the life. No one else gives life, God does, and Jesus is God. So when I tell you your brother's going to rise up, your brother's going to rise up. And we've got to understand what is this life. Even if somebody does die, they will most certainly live. Because Jesus is the life. And he elaborates on that just a little bit more when he says in verse 26, What is more, he who keeps on living and who keeps on putting his confidence in me will never die. So the whole point here is, brothers and sisters in Christ, we can easily miss this. Jesus is the life. And apart from Jesus, we're dead. Last year, I planted some jalapenos in my garden plot, and they just started to get jalapenos when finally the winter hit, and they died. And so there's these sticks in the ground, and they're never going to come back to life. I need to pull them up. That's what we are as human beings in unbelief. We are truly spiritually dead and destined for hell. Jesus is the life. 
When you have trust in Him as your Savior, it's because He, using His Holy Spirit, has connected you to Himself so that He has brought what I can't do with those jalapenos. He has brought you back to life. So you are continually alive in Jesus. And so long as you continue trusting in Him, you will never cease to exist. You are not going to hell. Your body may die, but your soul will go directly to heaven to be with the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And when Christ returns, He will give you a glorified body and raise you up. Now those who didn't believe, they, they will have a whole different world. Theirs is not life at all. Their body is going to be raised up and, the, and it's not going to be glorified and they're going to hell. But he says those words in verse 26, he who keeps on living and who keeps putting his trust in me. When you have faith, that is, you're connected to Jesus, that is your new man alive in the triune God and connected to him. But if we were to embrace the sin and love it more than we love God, if we were to say we no longer love God, we, we can drive that life out of us. We can kill that new man by staying away from the word of God that gives us life. So Jesus says, he who keeps on living in me and he who keeps on putting his trust in me will never die. You're never going to cease to exist. You will go to heaven unless you're the last generation. And yes, he's going to raise up our bodies. Why is he the life? Because he's God. He has all the power. And so he asked Martha the searching question. Do you believe this? Now Jesus knows she does. He's leading her to a deeper understanding in him and his power as her savior that he gives eternal life now and can raise up as he desires. She knows that he's going to come back and raise up all people. So Martha responds to Jesus I myself have believed that you yourself are the Christ. The Hebrew word would Messiah. This means the one that is anointed to be Savior. The one that all the Old Testament was about. She sees the fulfillment of scriptures and she explains that is the Son of God. And she actually says who is coming into the world because she's quoting Old Testament, paraphrasing. We now translate it as a past who was to come because Christ has come and yet Christ is coming because he's going to return. So Martha gets, you are the son of God. I get it, you're God. So Jesus has led her into that understanding. I'm not just a prophet, I am God and I have the power of God. So we see beyond a basic understanding that Jesus is the resurrection and the life. We understand his deity. He's true God and who became true man, not a man who was created and became God. And we understand that life means existence in him now and for all eternity. So afterwards, message gets to Mary and Mary comes out and the people in the crowd follow him and he gets to the tomb, the shortest verse of the Bible, and Jesus wept. Death bothers him. And verse 38 says, eventually Jesus came to the tomb and grunts again within himself. He grunted in verse 33. Ugh. And it's a disgust at death. He is the life and he's going to give his life so that all people who've trusted in him in all history have life in him. So we're told now it was a cave and a stone was placed over it. Jesus says, take the stone away. Martha, the very sister of the man who died, said, Lord, he's already producing a stench for it's the fourth day. They didn't embalm their bodies. So by four days out in that climate, he's going to be stinking pretty bad. And John, under inspiration, adds the very sister of the man who died. She wants her brother to rise, but she recognizes, oh, Lord, you don't want to go in there. It is foul. It's going to be nasty. 
even though her heart yearns to see her brother again. Now, there's two misunderstandings that Jesus is about to correct. The one, obviously, Martha and her sister Mary are not guilty of. But in this time in history, the Jewish people often believe things, just as Christians do today, that are nowhere found in the Bible and are clearly not taught, and are the opposite is taught by the Bible. So in those days, there were Jewish people that falsely believed that when you died, your soul hung around your body for four days, and then it finally went to heaven. So by rising Lazarus, Jesus says, I'm more powerful than this false teaching. Now, it's like today people teach false things. They think that when you die, you become angels, in spite of the fact that the scripture makes it clear that angels were created uh, somewhere between day one and day six. There are people who think that when you die, you become a ghost and you haunt the world. In spite of the fact, even in the Old Testament, it is made very clear in Song of Solomon that when you die, you immediately go to the Lord to be judged. You're either going to heaven or hell. End of discussion. So for the crowd, this misunderstanding would be clarified. But even Martha gets, Lord, he's been dead so long. Like Ezekiel there with those dry bones. And in those days, when people were put in a tomb, wealthier people, the, normally the guy who had just died or woman was put in, we'll say, the place of honor. And there was uh, four to six other places where the bodies could decompose. But eventually, when the next person died, you moved down in line, and the, and the last one there got thrown into a pile with all your other ancestors. So they wrapped the bodies up and bound them up to keep the bones together so that they would stay together. So, you know, Lord, man, that's going to stink in there. This is going to be bad. But Jesus says to Martha, didn't I tell you that if you believe, then you will most certainly see the glory of God. Now, Jesus is paraphrasing what he said. He's putting it all in one sentence. Jesus is God, and he's going to raise Lazarus. She's going to see his glory as God because he is the resurrection and the life. Consequently, they took the stone away. Then Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, and notice in the prayer, never once, he wants to get this straight with Martha and Mary. Never once does he pray the Father to raise Lazarus. His prayer is actually for the crowd that's with them. Father, I'm giving you thanks because you heard me. Now I myself have perceived that you always hear me, but I spoke on account of this crowd which has been standing around in order that they would believe that you, and the Greek word is sent me with the commission, sent him to be the Savior. Then after he said these things, he shouted out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. Now I've already shared with you that this is a family tomb. So Jesus' word is all-powerful, brothers and sisters in Christ. Imagine what would have happened if he just shouted, come out. The whole family would have come out. He shouts out, Lazarus, come out. Now, Lazarus is bound up to keep those bones together during the decaying process. So as he comes out, he's bound up. So Jesus gives that order, unbind him and release him to go away. He's telling the crowd, let the man go home. Get him all unbound because he's tied up. He can't move around a lot. And that proves something. This is no forgery. He couldn't have bound himself up. He couldn't have wrapped all that stuff around his head and everything that's there. He couldn't have done this. He can barely walk. Untie him. And then he tells those who'd come to comfort the family and leave him alone, basically. Let him have some chance to recuperate. And what is the result of this? We see the word of God is all powerful. Lazarus, come out. Jesus is the word and Lazarus comes out. But through his prayer, he'd said he wanted the people to believe through that miracle. So we're told in verse 45, consequently, many of the Jews who had come to Mary and had seen the things Jesus had done, placed their confidence in Jesus. They see the power of his word. They trust that he's the Messiah. 
Now, the downside to this is when the news of Lazarus reaches Jerusalem, and it does quickly, the Sanhedrin says, enough. He's raising people from the dead even near Jerusalem. We can't have this. Let's kill this guy. And so that's what's going to lead to what we're going to celebrate here over Holy Week, which is just two weeks away. So today, as we see Jesus very much with the love of of our Savior, that he works the same with you, we go beyond a basic understanding that Jesus is the resurrection and the life. We understand he is true God who became true man. He has all the power of God, and that means his word has power to do what he says it will do. And we understand that in that word, he has called you to life. And so we know that you are alive, and even if you and I die... Our souls are going to continue. They're going to be in paradise in heaven. And he is going to raise our bodies. Amen. Now grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and forever. Amen.